This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello and welcome to Little Gold Men, the podcast from Vanity Fair and Panoply that proves that award season is a year-round event. Oscars are over, but we are back with so much to talk about. I'm Katie Rich, the deputy editor of VanityFair.com, and I'm here with Vanity Fair's film critic, Richard Lawson. Hello and welcome to the off-season. Hello. It's, uh, are you, aren't you feeling off? Is it, do you feel relaxed? <laughs> Uh, I feel I feel ready. Okay, good. Uh, Vanity Fair's digital <laughs> director, Mike Hogan. I'm never relaxed. No, I haven't relaxed in about six years. No, there's no time. And we're joined today by Deciders, Joe Reed. Hello. Joe. Thanks for having me back. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. We lost a Joanna, but we gained a Joe. I feel like that's a, Listen, it's a trade we'll work Keeping with. that world in balance. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get started this week, I just want to say that we have chosen our winners for our Blu-ray giveaway. We have three winners who will get Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, Hacksaw Ridge, and Hell or High Water all in Blu-ray. We've gotten in touch with the winners, so if you've heard from us, congratulations. But if not, we have another giveaway that we can offer. We have three copies of 20th Century Women on Blu-ray, which was not a Best Picture nominee, but should have been. It got an original screenplay nomination. It's a really terrific movie and this process for entering is the same as last time if you left a review already for the previous blu-ray giveaway you'll automatically be entered but if you haven't left us a review yet now is a great time to do it just leave us a review and include your twitter handle in the review so that we can get in touch with you and you'll be entered to win a blu-ray copy of 20th century women thanks to everyone who entered we got a really incredible number of reviews they are so helpful to us for finding new listeners and hopefully not only did you enter but you told your friends and uh you know tell your friends to enter to win a blu-ray thanks again for entering and good luck with this one so, Joe, if you're here and it's March, that means it's time to predict next year's Oscar winners. It is. I'm like the palace guard at uh, Buckingham Palace. I'm always <laughs> I'm always there. I'm always at the ready. Well, we brought you on last <laughs> year because you had you published your Oscar predictions for 2018 last week on Decider. I sure did. Uh, and we did this so, last not, year. Not we... full, but like some. Yeah. You're yeah. starting the conversation. Starting exactly. You're setting yeah. the table. Well, yeah. We basically have to have you here because even if we wanted just to talk amongst ourselves, none of us would have any idea. Like you were the person who's willing to look far enough into the future to do this. I was the one who back in December started making a spreadsheet full of like everything <laughs> that I could think of for a 2018. But it makes sense because you get so sick of the current crop that you're yeah. like, all right, let's exactly. just think about a whole new set of movies. Exactly. And, and it's, oh, again. it's such, yeah. it's like opening like a brand new Christmas present where it's just like, oh my God, all these things that I can think about that I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, well, right. but before we yeah. get to open next year's Christmas presents, we have to go back and uh, look at last year's presents that, last we, year's uh, that, we, that we broke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we professionalized a little bit. We have clips from last year's episode where we brought you in to God talk bless. about your predictions. And uh, I, I went and listened to it. I don't know if you guys I did. remember I, what we I, talked I did, about. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, Alana has some of these queued up. So let's let's hear what we were really optimistic about this time last year. There's this Michael Fassman or Alicia Vikander movie that I feel like we should have our eye on. Yeah, the uh, the Light Between Oceans. I think there's a lot of these sort of early Oscar predictions come down to like, okay, what are the what elements do they have going for them? So, Alicia Vikander and Michael Fassbender are the two leads. They were both nominated this year. Oscar, you know, so you know that Oscar they're on Oscar voters' radar. Mm-hmm. It's a romantic drama, so it's and it's based on a popular novel. So like those are all elements that 
sometimes that's again sometimes lead to Oscar <laughs> Oscar success. All right, Joe, you were appropriately uh, skeptical about life. I was life a little skeptical about that one. Not enough to not have it lead. <laughs> in I, I was like huge for that. I was like, that's going to be at Cannes. It's going to be this huge thing, and it was just was it? A, was it not at Cannes? No, or was it, yeah. it wasn't. No, it didn't. It was just, any, well, that, and it opens yeah. Labor, Labor, Day Labor Day weekend. weekend. Labor Day weekend, right before yeah. the Toronto Film Festival, and it was during so the Telluride Festival. But yeah. I think we're all we've always been waiting for Derek C in France to have his big yeah. sort of like breakthrough. Yeah. I had a little bit of reservation, if only because. That's a movie that has all the elements on paper. It's one of those great, like, looks good on paper movies. And I think, especially now in the wake of Moonlight, looks good on paper doesn't get you as far as yeah and i think also you know sort of period dramatic epic literary kind of things like that that's like old oscar fair i don't don't know that actually that um, type of movie is really a given anymore you have to at least you have to do something more with it right yeah Yeah, the academy that gave best picture moonlight we can't just assume they're gonna check the box for something like that automatically anymore well it's interesting because I actually liked it. I thought it was kind of good. I liked it too. But what what is it? It just didn't have that oomph of like nothing. It didn't have any kind of X factor, like to use a very sort of tired buzzword, but like yeah. it didn't have any kind of hook to it that made it above and beyond. It wasn't Even Alicia Vikander's best performance. real-life couple who were incredibly attractive and Oscar-nominated. Like, sure, of course. Like and where right. they wore such nice sweaters. I know. The sweaters were really cable very good. Covered so they in salt yeah. water. Leaned into the sweater thing. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. There's that Michael Keaton movie, The Founder, that comes out in August oh, in yeah, the help slot. In, yeah, in the help the butler right. slot. And I have a feeling that they're going to want to push him for an acting award. And also, Laura Dern plays his wife in that. And those are the kind of movies where, like, great man has an idea and also has a wife. And, like, it's, like, depressing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's depressing but, and it's a little wow. cynical. But, like, but it could also be the Greg Kinnear windshield wiper movie. That's exactly so what I was just That's all flashy. So was the founder of the Greg Kinnear Winter Wafer movie? Score one for Richard on <laughs> yeah. that one. That's, boom. Yep. Flash of genius. That was my flash yep. of genius. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that movie. Where did that go, Joe? What happened? Well, it got moved to yeah. the hinterlands of December, like yeah. late, late, late December. Box Office Mojo lists its release date as January 2017. Like, it just yeah. barely showed up. It got up. the most qualifying of qualifying runs. And ultimately, I mean, this was the movie that was the other Weinstein Company movie that wasn't Lion. And I think once they figured out that Lion was the one they wanted to go for, the founder got stashed away pretty uh Yeah, this happens severely. with the Weinstein Company pretty often. Or I mean, I guess it happens with lots of people where they realize they have one contender and the other one just kind of has to... Like, and I think budget demands, you know, like they have to yeah. focus resources on. The thing about the founder is that it's not it's not bad. It's actually, Still I, 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 it. I brought a screener home over Christmas to watch. I mean, it was great for my parents. You know, it's it's a kind of very parent-friendly movie. I don't know. Keaton's good in it. And there's this weird thing where you think you're like rooting for him and then he slowly becomes this villain. So it has an interesting kind of arc to it. You're not the only one I've heard that that's said good things about Keaton, yeah. especially in that movie, which makes it it's like best actor felt fairly thin this year, right? Yeah. Am I the only one who felt like yeah. it seems a little bit strange that that just got completely just removed. Completely yeah, like the bad. Captain yeah. Fantastic slot seems like it easily could have gone to Michael Absolutely. Keaton. Absolutely. Yeah. They'd wanted it. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait for Keaton in the Spider-Man movie. Maybe that'll be. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we know why it moved to December? Was that just a... I think it moved to December initially because they thought they were like, okay, this has legs, right? Or, or... They thought it was an Oscar, more yeah. Oscar-y. Yeah, because it was originally place. like in that like help slot in the summer. Right. Yeah. The help slot is and also in like the it... shitty movie slot. It's like the help and two million movies that <laughs> right. never got Oscars. Right. Yeah. right. Suicide Squad, excuse me, won an Oscar. <laughs> True. True. Oh, that's right. So uh, I'm coming to you from Uruguay, by the way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see what we got wrong next 
La La Land just got moved. The Damien Chazelle uh, musical starring Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone just got moved to a December release date, which to me sounds like an indicator that they think it's really good and that it could be an awards play. I was saying before we started recording, I won't name names, but an inside source told me that it's, quote, a masterpiece. Well, Joe, well done. I yeah. I can't take credit for Lala. I feel like we all we all had a little bit of an eye on Lala, and I know Richard definitely had an eye on Lala Land. Yeah, I mean, I had a friend who was a publicist at Lionsgate at the time, and he was sort of feeding me little whispers here and there, yeah. and the word was that it was great. So. I feel like once that release date got changed, everybody yeah. kind of yeah. snapped. To I think this time last year was when it got changed, and like everyone within Lionsgate finally realized what they had, and then we all said, "Okay, yeah. that's what they've got." And that's another one where it's just like, "Oh, a musical about Hollywood." This is obviously going to be up someone's yeah. alley. So, but that tells you how well they played it. That in March of last year, we had our eye on it, and yes. that it never felt. I mean, it did start to feel like the juggernaut toward the end, which is part of the theory of why it lost Best Picture. But sure, but it still won seven Oscars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I turned the show off after that. <laughs> then I would look at something like the new Ang Lee movie, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, which is about a soldier who's come home from the war, and it like it's so Americana. It has to do with like halftime at a Dallas Cowboys football game. You know what I mean? Joe, my favorite part of this that we didn't clip is that you were really going for the Vin Diesel surprise Oscar campaign. For the I thought I was on to something, you guys. I mean, you've got to go big or go home, you exactly. know? Exactly. And I mean, and if if that was a bigger, more substantial part, and if the movie was better, and if, and if, and if. <laughs> if anyone had seen it. You know, once it, it didn't put, hurt your eyes. Right. Oh, God. But, like, put Vin Diesel in an Oscar movie at some point. Like, that's a good story. He's yeah. going to host next year, and then you'll be vindicated. So don't <laughs> right. worry Over The Rock's dead body. Oh, I was about to say, The Rock is not going to let that happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Billy Lynn, man, that was a movie that got a lot of hype. It was at New York Film Festival. It was, yeah. you know, it had to screen on these particular projectors or whatever yeah. um, for that frame rate business. And then it just belly flopped in this way. That, like, I was so, the trailer for that movie was so beautifully... I mean, we hadn't seen the trailer I was very excited by this time last movie. year, but like yeah. it, when it came out, I think, over the summer, I was just like, oh man, this is going to be it. But It was ambitious, but it was... It's, you know... A noble experiment. Yes. Something about the frame rate made it feel like a movie you had to watch in elementary school. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. There totally. was just a very... Yeah. It was also the tone of it. It yeah. was just a weird movie. It felt, to me, it felt like the frame rate aspect made it seem like the movie that plays before like a motion ride. Like, yeah, right. You right. Know? Yeah. Or like when you're when you're going to um, be on a jury that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like it's an like Epcot Jerry Center Orbach Expo or something like that. Uh-huh. Something. Yeah. 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 You know, the nice thing is that Ang Lee tends to follow up his flops with huge hits. He made Hulk and then Brokeback Mountain and he made mm. Taking Woodstock and then Life of Pi. So yeah. he's not out. I think he's got two Oscars. Yeah. He's on a weird rhythm. You've got a movie called Lion that is coming out in late November. And again, like, not every movie that Harvey Weinstein gets behind gets pushed because, like, we saw what happened with Southpaw. Yeah. But he's been somebody who's been successful with the Oscars before, obviously. So that's at least something where you know it's going to be on voters' radars. So as we talked about, Lion was the movie that the Weinstein Company decided to back. That was another yeah. good call on your part, Joe. Yeah, that one was one of those that, you know, looked good on paper that actually paid off. Yeah. And they had been promoting it at Cannes the year before, you said? Oh, right. Then? Yeah, so the Weinstein Company did a presentation in May at Cannes of 2015, yeah, where they cow. showed trailers. And some of them have not even come out, like Tulip uh, Tula Fever. Fever. Is that? Yeah. Oh, Tula um, Fever. But yeah, there was a trailer That's for it. Lion. This had Oscar buzz for the future. It's waiting there. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, it's queued up. Well, we should mention that Joe had, did we mention Joe's, this had Oscar buzz Tumblr? I mean, no, just, no. I mean, people who listen to the show long enough will know. Yeah, but Billy, think, Billy yeah. Lynn was on there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Light Between Oceans was on there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Lion is interesting because it was at Toronto and it 
got good notices out of there, but it was by no means the big movie from that festival. Right. How do you think it, it stayed in the consciousness? Was it just like a good screener campaign? or what, what? I think it was a smart campaign. I think it's a movie that that ending is such an emotional sort yes. of uh, wallop that mm-hmm. it stays in your mind after you've seen it. It makes you feel good. It's mm-hmm. it's sort of that's more of the traditional. And I don't think Lion is a bad or cynical or sappy movie, but it's a, one of those movies that does push those buttons when you think of the traditional Oscar voter in terms of uplift, in terms of, you know, that kind of a story. Well, in a, and in a year where diversity was uh, like a hot button issue and yeah. in some cases a combative issue, Lion was there to be like your warm, fuzzy, friendly, diverse movie. Sure. And, and Glo- without, yeah. Globalization as a as a Kindly thing that white brings people. families together. Yeah. Yeah. But without kind of shying away from the complications of that, you know, you have these scenes with Def Patel and Nicole Kidman where they're kind of wrestling with him being an Indian kid who's grown up with this white family. So it's it's there. Yeah. It's not trying to gloss over it the way yeah. that you and might one kind too. of super refugee child and one like very complicated refugee <laughs> right, child. Right, right. The goofus and galant of... Uh, <laughs> right. And it was Google propaganda, which, you know, yeah. never never hurt anybody. So. <laughs> we talked about Birth of a Nation at Sundance when uh, Richard was there. It got bought for huge money. Obviously, that's one of the big ones on everyone's radars. I think it's set for an October release date, like around the same time that Fox Searchlight opened 12 Years a Slave. Do yeah. I have that right? I mean, our prediction when we've been talking about the whole Oscar so white thing is that there's going to be a big push for movies with not all white casts for once. Is there anything else on your radar that you see kind of bubbling up in that trend? So Birth of a Nation, I think we discussed a lot of what the hell happened there. Yeah. Uh, which, and, I mean, what's interesting is that even when we had this conversation last March, like Richard, you had seen it at Sundance, you didn't think it was a great movie, but it felt inevitable at that point. Oh, 100%. I mean, if, anything I said or wrote back then was like, oh, well, that'll be in, in nominated for Best Picture for yeah. sure. And, you know, that was not knowing anything about Nate Parker's past. But like, yeah, I, I think that it is possible to be that epically wrong about something you know <laughs> even if you like follow this stuff closely well but there's a mirror universe out there where the birth of a nation is made by exactly in the same way by somebody who isn't nate parker oh yeah yeah, yeah. and i'd be fascinated to see how that oscar year turns out because i think without that or in which nate parker doesn't commit crimes in his past or something something that something where that element isn't present yeah, yeah. i'd be really fascinated because i think the reappraisal of The Birth of a Nation still happens, but probably not not as severely. And mm-hmm. the story about that movie becomes totally different. Oh, yeah. I, I really think people should have seen it. And people obviously were just completely turned off and nobody watched it. And once once there was all the kind of grossness on the one side of the backstory, and then the audiences never came out to support it, it right. was too easy for everybody to just dismiss it and say, there's, there's too many other movies to think about here. Yeah. I think it's a shame because, you know, it's not a perfect movie, but it's a it's an effective movie. I, I mean, think it's, it's a very... movie that, that's worth seeing. Yeah. I don't like I don't think it's that good but i think it's worth seeing well i think it's also a story that like i didn't know much about yeah nate Nate turner so yeah i mean this is a good time as any to say that in our entire conversation last year we made no mention of moonlight none of us knew moonlight was coming at all i had actually in doing my big sort of year ahead research i remember i had come across moonlight and i had seen that it was this director who had been acclaimed for a small Mm -hmm. little movie and this is another small little movie and I literally remember thinking, like, that could get, like, an ind- independent spirit mm-hmm. nomination. Like, that would yeah. be great. Good yeah. for that. Never imagining that a movie that small and that sort of, 
you know, about what it was about, at least in the synopsis that I had read. I mean, yeah. I feel like I only heard about Moonlight a, a couple weeks before it premiered at Telluride. Like a friend who works for a magazine, so he gets to see things like way in advance. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I work for a magazine too, but like, <laughs> but he, you know, on the print side, he was like, oh, there's this little movie that's going to be at Telluride. You have to go see it, like whatever. And, but it was really late breaking that, that, that movie, like on people's radar. So, but I guess you spotted it, but it but, didn't seem possible that it could. Right. And spotted it in a very sort of wide canvas research right. kind of but way. It, it's very interesting how it feels like more so nowadays than in the past that enthusiasm for an underdog can propel you know political candidates movies mm -hmm. to you know a place that wasn't as possible in the past i don't know if that's a social media thing or a digital <sighs> a media question. or what it is but yeah you know it's, it was a little bit like the bernie of i mean leaving aside whatever complications are there no let's have this whole conversation <laughs> felt like the bernie of this year where where people were and that actually where he actually won it feels like passion yeah. means more yeah. than even it counts for more maybe yeah yes. well oscar yeah. season's long you know like tell your ride to oscar night is six months you gotta have people who really want to keep those fires going although god yeah. time was like we'd still be a month away from the oscars if oh we were like god, 20 years ago can you imagine oh, holy cow i know yeah. thank goodness oh you mean because when they aired they were like late march they were late march there, there were oscar ceremonies that were in april but wouldn't they have horrifying. like it's insane. like wouldn't they <laughs> have just started thinking about who might get nominated like today they'd be like oh yeah the oscars right. are a month away <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should we uh, yeah. think about the seven people who decided who won the Oscars right. all right. got in a room together? And, yeah. There's a Tupac Shakur biopic that's coming out. Feels like it's shaping up to be a kind of straight out of Compton play. So, Joe, you also mentioned this Tupac Shakur biopic last year. What the hell happened to it? I have no idea. It'll turn up probably on maybe even television at some point. Oh. I think I was very, very much into what's going to be the straight out of Compton of next year. Falling into that trap of... The next there, year has we'll to be exactly thing. like the yeah, year before. Yeah, no, and people are already looking for next year's Moonlight or which La La Land, is, which are not going to happen. Well, there's could be a next year's Moonlight, but it's going to be a totally – it'll come in a totally different package and yeah. a totally different, you know, way to compare to Moonlight. Might look like Bernie Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. That Bernie Sanders documentary is going to be fantastic. <laughs> what the heck is the United Kingdom? Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's another one. That screened at Toronto. That was the romantic drama – with, with Rosamund Pike and David Oyelowo, which I yeah. think ah. just got dumped into theaters yeah. last month. No, Joe, you were really bullish on David Oyelowo because he was in that in Queen of Cotway. Right. You look at David Oyelowo this year, who has a lot of opportunities to get noticed. I mean, Queen of Cotway had its moment. You know, it came That's out. That's a movie that probably should have gotten a little bit yeah. more attention than it got. That's a good Queen movie. Of it's a good movie. Yeah, it was a nice movie. Yeah. 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 And full of good performances, including yeah. him. Absolutely. Yeah. It just wasn't his year, I think. it just David Oyelowo, his time's no, coming. His time will come. The fact that he didn't get that Best Actor nomination for Selma, I can't be the only person who's still mad about it. No, it'll, it it'll, it'll come around for him, I think. Will Smith is going to be in a movie at the end of the year called Collateral Beauty. That's another sort of end of the year who knows it could be concussion right exactly it could be but it's it's uh there's a lot of stars in that i want to say kate winslet is in that one collateral beauty guys my I favorite mean, movie of the year did you see it no i never <laughs> did anyone see it i did i did i wrote i, a, I wrote an actually sort of defensive <laughs> review of that movie i mean joe i think that we talked about earlier with light between oceans about how the traditional oscar fair that the kind of idea of that is yeah. changing i mean do you think that collateral beauty falls into that kind of rubric well sure because you look at that synopsis and you see that will smith is the star and you think oh well pursuit of happiness worked well and this is a very kind of pursuit of happiness-esque movie except it's not like pursuit of happiness had the true story angle to it yeah. which i think probably helped it more collateral beauty is that same sort of 
manufactured uplift to it. Mm-hmm. That's one of those movies where, like, as soon as you see the movie, you're like, yeah, there's no way this is going to get right. Oscar nominations. Right. Yeah. I, all- I knew that as soon as I saw the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> even the trailer. Yeah. yeah. It was um, like Cloud Atlas meets, I don't know what. Oh, just under Cloud Atlas. Seven pounds. It was also yeah. secretly a Christmas movie, and Christmas movies don't do well. Oh, it was a Gary Christmas. Marshall directs Cloud Atlas. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a reminder that release dates aren't fate. You know, that December release date does not automatically make Passengers or Patriot's Day. There's or a movie else. coming out this December that Richard and I have talked about a little bit, maybe. Well, we'll, we'll, um, we'll discover we'll get that. get into that. Yeah. Okay. Andrew Garfield is in a couple movies at the end of the year that I think could be the stuff of his first Oscar nomination. He's in the new Martin Scorsese movie, which sounds like it's a supporting role to Liam Neeson, although it's tough to tell. This is Silence? This is Silence. This is the movie he uh, that's set in Japan. But monks and the 12th century, somewhere way back in time. Exactly. Uh, Liam Neeson, Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver are in that thing. Andrew Garfield is also the lead actor in a movie called Hacksaw Ridge about a conscientious objector in World War II that is directed by, everybody get ready, Mel Gibson. Woo! <laughs> Joe. For all, all the di- crap I got wrong, <laughs> I'm going to take full credit for this one. Yeah. I, I think you should take full blame. I think this I, is your yeah. okay. You willed this into existence. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, sp- I spoke it and the world made yeah. it flesh. Yeah. I mean, Hacksaw Ridge is not that it's a bad movie. Andrew Garfield is great in it. Yeah. And, you know, but, but uh, yeah. He got nominated for the wrong movie, I will still say. But, I mean... When you're wrong 78% of the time, you're right 22% of the time. <laughs> and we were just so not ready for the Mel Gibson comeback. Like, it just felt like so, so unlikely and they'd be so difficult. And then he just, it was just so easy. Well, and it ha- that was another one that happened all at once where all of a sudden the year seemed like it was mostly done. And we're, and I was like, well, I guess that Hacksaw Rich thing isn't going to happen. And then all of a sudden it was there. And all of a sudden the Golden Globes were like, yes, mm-hmm. Mel Gibson. And then, you know, the ball started rolling. I, well, you know, redemption narratives are like, in Hollywood are like coal in Appalachia. You know, they, they, the town cannot run without them. So oh, when they see one in real everybody. life, well, both. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they love a redemption tale. Yeah. God, the fact that Lionsgate had that and La La Land. That's, yeah. I mean, that's kind of disproving the theory that you have to pick one horse. Like, they rode both of them incredibly well. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of excited for the Oliver Stone, Edward Snowden movie. Although, talk about like a director who used to be like catnip for Oscar and has really, really become not that well we have to wait for the oliver stone comeback i guess i didn't hate snowden but that's another one where as soon as i saw it i was just like yeah this isn't gonna be yeah when it got delayed a year yeah that's not a great sign yeah Yeah. also our entire understanding of snowden has changed even (laughs) after that movie came out absolutely yeah kind of weird also i think the window on joseph gordon levitt maybe has past us yeah you think it's already over well i don't think it's over but i think we're already into like he's gonna have to like steal our hearts again you He's know what i figure mean out his next thing yeah like it's i think that you know his gosling window is probably gone huh gosling window. i mean yeah if you look at like the, you have the walk and then snowden that's kind of a pretty heavy one-two punch yeah um but i think gosling had a slump too you know oh, sure yeah. so yeah. i think you know he's sort of back but i think that what gosling has done that maybe joseph word love could look to is he's returned to the sort of charming fall in love with him roles mm-hmm. and jgl could maybe do something he could another 500 days of summer or something yeah yeah, yeah. So we're going to pause for a second to talk about hashtag tripod, which hopefully you've seen on your social media feeds. It's this ongoing effort, not just to promote individual podcasts, but to promote the idea of podcasts. And we want to do it by having people tell their friends about podcasts that they love. 
The one that we wanted to talk about today is hopefully one that you know about already. It's called You Must Remember This. It's also a Panoply podcast. It's hosted by Karina Longworth, who's been a guest on Little Gold Men before to talk about her really incredible show where she digs up the secret and forgotten history of Hollywood's first century is the way she describes it. She was on a long hiatus and is back now with a series called Dead Blondes, which is exactly kind of as uh, mysterious and sometimes tawdry as that sounds. The latest episode was about Marilyn Monroe. And even if you think you know everything there is to know about Marilyn Monroe, Karina makes it really fascinating. She's got this depth of knowledge that none of us can really equal on this show. So we just try to uh, keep up with her level. So that's a show that I think that you guys would like. If you want to tell your friends about that show or this one or anything else you love, use the hashtag tripod. That's T-R-Y pod. And I try to introduce people to podcasts, even if they don't know how to listen to podcasts. This is a way to let them know and then maybe show them how to download it and spread the word. The Run for Revoke is where you'll meet all the most exciting people in fashion and culture. I am Fran Libowicz, um, who should be the mayor of New York. We all support yeah, that. Yeah, we support that. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Nikki. Yes. It's been really great she being in this beautiful pink room. All right, Asher, can you hear us? I can hear you. All right. Can you hear me? We can. We can. All right, here we are. <laughs> On the podcast, you'll learn how Vogue really works. Sometimes we'll come in for a second or even third run through until we are AWOK. Can you tell us what AWOK means? It means um, A-W-O-K and a winter OK. I'm Cho Minardi. And I'm Chloe Mal. And we're the hosts of The Run Through with Vogue, where fashion and culture collide. Join us. It's AWOK. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Wondry's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip-syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segeith, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. All right. Well, with last year, finally in our rearview window, Joe, yes. who's going to win Best Picture next year? Oh, God. Put me on the spot. <laughs> um, well, this is the so thing. We bring you here by for the way, it. just know everything you say will be unearthed well, we will, again a year from now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Well, it's funny because the movie that everybody sort of seems to be leading all these year-ahead conversations with is Dunkirk, the Christopher Nolan Mm -hmm. uh, World War II movie, because it's World War II, which is such an Oscar thing, because everybody seems to be expecting that Nolan will eventually get a Best Director nomination for something. That's one of those movies that I feel like that's the front runner that everyone's going to sort of use as the shield to sort of absorb all that Oscar talk. While Even though it's a else summer is... movie, right? Well, that's the thing. It's a summer, but I, you so know, Saving Private Saving Ryan, Private Ryan yeah. was also a summer movie. So I think that's, that's the template that somebody's hoping. So, so I do, um, one thing about Dunkirk, um, well, two things. One is that 
if Harry Styles gets an Oscar nomination, it's I, all over. I, I'm going to pass out. Um, <laughs> from joy. He's going to be on this podcast yeah. as an Oscar oh, nominee. Don't even. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> But the other thing is, I wrote about the trailer when it came out, I don't know, sometime in the fall last year. And I got an email from the publicist at Warner Brothers, which is releasing the movie. And she said, could you change the wording of something? I had called it a World War II drama. And she said, it's an action adventure. Oh, okay. So that yeah. could be telling so us I don't to know how what that means exactly. That might just be managing. a marketing thing and not an actual content thing. Sure. But it was just an interesting sort of tweak because I had assumed seeing the trailer, I was like, oh, well, here we go, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've basically just been expecting the Normandy Beach scenes of atonement for an entire movie. That's the vibe that I'm getting from right. the, all the trailers. Sure. And that kind of, that scene in atonement is it's great. so fantastic. Yeah. And actually, Joe Wright has a movie this year, speaking of atonement, Hi. that I've got my eye on. Maybe only for an acting play. Gary Oldman plays Winston Churchill in a movie called The Darkest Hour. Yeah. And And Ben Mendelsohn plays Hitler or we don't what? know what Ben, ben Mendelsohn's in it. I don't know who he plays. I don't that would be He should remarkably he might as well play Hitler might, at this point, don't well, you think? He's, um, he's been edging toward yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and Mendelsohn's another one who's just like seems to be creeping towards an Oscar nomination oh, in every oh, yeah. he's in. Yeah. Yep. But I think if there's there's already like publicity photos out there of old men in makeup I as, mean Ben Mendelsohn won in Churchill. Sorry, but Ben Mendelsohn won an Emmy this year in Bloodline for, for like one flashback <laughs> for a season yeah. where he was dead the entire season right. like yeah. it's insane yeah. people are like uh, gagging to give he him he plays uh, King George VI according uh, to Mendelsohn wow. okay um, hey, work for Colin is first. Joe yeah. Wright still in director jail I mean because he had a couple of high profile misfires well just right? the one, one right? I guess yeah. one. A, a, a very large misfire I'm very yeah. eager like for it, us but... to forget about Pan yeah. so maybe this will do that trick I think he's a director <laughs> for me whose pluses very much outweigh his minuses mm-hmm. and this seems to be a return to a kind of he always seems to make movies that seem like they're going to be very straight down the middle into something not quite that. Anna Karenina, I feel like, yeah, was like yeah. that. Even his Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. had some. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves a long take. Loves a long take. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think he's an incredibly talented director. I think if there's a director who's who we're looking to maybe make a leap, that could be it. Even though this does seem like it could be just an actor, an actor's showcase for yeah. Oldman sure. and uh, and and perhaps Mendelssohn. But we would as have well. said that about the King's Speech a year out. So that's absolutely true. Who knows? Yeah. All right. What else? Any other World War II movies we should be considering? Um, I mean, God, there's always World War II movies. I don't know. There's nothing quite so much like that. I think if you're talking about directors who are sort of in the Oscar conversation, Garth Davis is making a Mary Magdalene movie. Yeah, with uh, Rooney Mara. Garth Mara. Davis, who directed Lion. Who directed Lion, yeah. yes. With Rooney Mara as Mary Magdalene and Joaquin Phoenix as Jesus. So, are you ready for Joaquin? I After the not. KCF like, comeback, though, like the I'm still here gang yeah. is a uh, back and forth. It sounds like yeah. a Richard is sick and has to miss the screening kind of movie. <laughs> you all just yeah. this so hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Last Temptation of Christ kind yeah. of a vibe to me. Yeah. But Joaquin oh, Phoenix we'll and b- b- both, like both Mara and Phoenix, have like been nominated or have been sort of angling toward it. But neither seem to really be into the whole scene of it, like a little reluctant to campaign and everything. Yeah. So I don't know. I think be. the second that Rooney Mara decides she wants to campaign, I think is when she's going to get an Oscar. I mm. think I think that's one where it feels like Hollywood is ready to yeah. sort of lift her up to that yeah, level. She got she's that already got two nominations. For Girl with a Dragon Tattoo when she was like basically a newcomer. Yep, yep. yep. Got the Carol nomination. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like. A lot of the big name directors, like Spielberg's doing Ready Player One, which wouldn't seem like an Oscar movie, but like yeah. if it's great, like that's the thing. It's the like, book is really good. Avatar yeah. didn't seem like, you know, no. an Oscar movie either. And all of a sudden people found it so impressive that 
there it was. I think a science fiction. I think we're ready for a science fiction to be pushing I think we ahead. Sure. We're, we're so living gravity, in a science fiction world. Gravity got us right to the brink of yeah. you know that kind of genre movie. Although again, like yeah. gravity is not science fiction. Gravity is. Yeah, I mean, and we said that happening. for Interstellar, like that yeah. was supposed to be like the yes. big push, and that didn't, you know, right. back to Christopher Nolan. I mean, I guess Arrival was got a lot of nominations. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we're getting very much closer to uh, our first first. Would it be our first sci-fi best picture? Oh God, I know. Uh, wasn't Arrival nominated? No, no like to win. Winner. Winner. No, oh, to win. Probably 2001 didn't win. That's always like the furthest Star Wars back didn't that you win. go. Yeah, yeah. If we'll not, the first, let's just let's, let's just say and sure. let other people yell at us later. Well, Spielberg's actually interesting because he's been nominated for Best Picture a number of times, but he he's gotten one Best Director nomination since he won for Saving Private Ryan. That was yeah. for Lincoln. So he's not as much of a slam dunk. Yeah, he didn't possibly. get one for Bridge of Spies. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. The kind of the Best Picture field kind of be, seems made to be like whatever Spielberg made, and then right. you know, like we'll make room for Warhorse. But I'm I'm intrigued by Ready Player One. I have a hard time imagining it as a good movie movie but Tintin was great so that's the thing is I think Spielberg you can never count him out in any kind of way like the you know the BFG came and went yeah. you know more quietly than any Spielberg movie I can think of in recent memory I mean it's really fun to do this and just kind of go down the list of directors who have exciting stuff coming like yeah. I think Darren Aronofsky's Jennifer Lawrence movie Mother I can't wait for that. <laughs> I mean I don't do we know anything what it's about it's very shrouded in mystery one assumes that Michelle Pfeiffer is playing Jennifer Lawrence's mother although because the title is Mother because the title is Mother exclamation yeah. point and because it's Michelle Pfeiffer yeah and she's someone to talk about I think she's, I mean oh she had a little movie she's decided Sundance that she's going to be that, back yeah yeah she had a little movie at Sundance that was like decently review but she got good notices for it from a really interesting indie director she's got this coming up she's playing ruth madoff in an hbo thing directed by barry levinson yep i mean this seems actively like she's doing this on purpose right? yeah i think yeah. i think she's got some some fire in her belly good this, which have, is good I, because back. yeah this is it's always going to be a better hollywood landscape when michelle pfeiffer is making movies so i would definitely keep an eye on that and especially her in that movie Donald Gleason is also in that movie. So, <gasps> friend Donald Gleason. I know. Just looking down the director list, like Alexander Payne's got a movie coming. Downsizing, yeah. right? With uh, Matt Damon as the lead, and Alexander Payne has been a remarkably reliable Oscar presence since. Yeah, sideways. like Nebraska got a Best Picture nomination, and his lead actors are also, with the exception of mm-hmm. Giamatti, like Clooney got it for The Descendants, and Bruce Dern got a nomination for Nebraska, yeah. and Jack Nicholson for About Schmidt. Yeah. So I mean, The Descendants almost won, almost beat The Artist. That's I mean, the thing. Only... Yeah. And Clooney almost won a second Oscar mm-hmm. for, for lead actor for the yes. movie. So I would definitely keep an eye on Downsizing, even though the premise seems a little quirkier than his recent ones. It's about uh, Matt Damon just wants to shrink himself down to four <laughs> inches tall. Um, that so would be it our seems, first sci-fi best and picture. Kristen Wiig is the supporting actress in the movie, so like it feels like there's a there's a quirk to it mm. that uh, maybe he's <laughs> taking pain back to his you know, older sort of Lakes you know, and roots. Ruth days. Uh, yeah, perhaps. But again, he's become a very, you know, polished and accomplished director by yeah. now. So that's absolutely one to, to another one. Um, I don't know if it's going to come out this year, but I, it's certainly been on lists of like what might be at Cannes in May is Yorgos Lanthimos has a new movie, you know, who made the lobster yes. called The Killing of a Sacred Deer. The cast on that with is Nicole Kevin Colin Farrell and get ready. Alicia goddamn Silverstone. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Isn't that amazing? I'm Woo! so excited about That's that. That's great. Yeah. It's like, what could, I mean, maybe it's a tiny part. I don't know, but she's yeah. like third build. So, and, and I mean, the lobster got, you know, 
the screenplay nomination and yeah. made so much more money than you would have expected a strange little movie like the yeah, lobster is a weird i mean i would not expect this to be any different that guy makes weird movies but if lanthimos but, is yeah. keeping on this trajectory then oh god he, if he can keep working with colin farrell like that yeah. would colin farrell always deserves better than what he gets but yes. with lanthimos he really seems to be doing it yeah i think this is one of the years where like actors are jumping out to me even maybe more so than right, directors like saoirse ronan's got a couple that are interesting she's in an adaptation of the seagull and she's in with Annette Benning, right? With Annette Benning, yeah. um, she's in a Ian McEwan adaptation on Chesil Beach. Yeah, on yeah Beach. I read which, that book, which that is book like is very so punishing. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, like Ian McEwan books are always like internal to the point that you're like, I can make a movie out of that, but yeah. that one yeah. I really can't. And her, if, of course, first Oscar nomination was for the Ian McEwan adaptation yeah. that's right. uh, of Atonement. And on Chesil Beach, it's climax. Uh, let's just say I say that word literally in some ways. Okay. Or, and also euphemistically. <laughs> like, it's, uh, yeah. So well, it centers okay. on something that's a little bit like, I don't know how that's going to look on film. So speaking like, of which. Gaspar Noé could have directed it. Let's hint him. <laughs> I think it would also probably be ill-advised to just disregard Sundance this year and Call Me By Your Name particularly. Mm. Because even though on paper that seems like not oscars thing it's so sexual it's so homosexual it's 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 arty it's arty exactly but i think moonlight teaches us yeah these are all the descriptors of moonlight and the value of having a movie that you know people flat out love yeah that audiences that have actually responded to and that critics have actively fallen over themselves for that is like the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush kind of you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that's no longer i think can we take a movie that is that enthused about and just be like, well, it's not Oscar's thing. Cause I, you don't know what's Oscar's thing. Now. I feel like a lot of it might come down to Luca Guadagnino. I don't know anything about him really. He's Italian. Cause like Barry Jenkins was really such an engine that drove Moonlight. Sure. He's so personable. Like he was on our yeah. podcast. That's he was an a delight. Point. Yeah. So I, I, hopefully the narrative can continue going that way. And he's, mm-hmm. I mean, I think Army Hammer is obviously a huge benefit to that movie. But. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm, I might be living in kind of like a gay Twitter bubble, but like <laughs> the anticipation for that movie seems big. And we premiered a clip on VF.com yeah. that did. He, he, very well like for us and so i think you're right joe that like when you have a movie that people do flat out love and i adore that movie you know i saw it at sundance um that matters a lot i hope it has an awards push i think they're releasing it in early fall i think it will definitely have a push it'll be yeah yeah, interesting to see where it goes sony pictures classics has it has it right picked it up Mm -hmm. before sundance yeah yeah and and the publicist at sundance like they told me yeah trust us like we know that this is good yeah 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 yeah. well Well, you know we know the danger of fighting last year's war this year but on the other hand and yeah, the enthusiasm. I remember seeing Moonlight even after it had screened in a you know in yeah. a few places, and just thinking, "Wow, it'd be so great if that catches like yeah. a yeah. Num- number nine best picture nomination." Well, so. and you you guys made a very good point on this podcast a few weeks ago that I think really made a ton of sense, which is that because we're living in the up to ten best picture era. Now there's a, if a movie seems good enough to go for that number nine, number mm-hmm. eight slot, it's going to get a push. And then who knows? Then who right. knows how yeah. much that enthusiasm builds? And I think that's exactly what happened with Moonlight, where mm-hmm. if it was just five, maybe they were like, you know what? Let's, you know, don't throw good money after bad kind of thing. And just like manage our expectations more modestly. But because there's a best picture field now that can accommodate so many movies – you can go for it. And then if you can go for it, then all of a sudden people get a chance to really love it. And then it becomes, I think, not just enthusiasm, but what's mobilizing the new voters, you know? Like for Moonlight, right. it was clear, I think. Yeah. You yeah. Know, there, it was, it really almost was a protest vote against everything that's happening in this country, you know? And so if you can kind of get people to rally around something like that, that can be very powerful. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. God knows they'll be happening to us this time next year. And yeah. I think yeah. also people are going to start to, I mean, it, they probably already have, but like, or, or, you know, figure out how to game the preferential ballot thing and, you know. Yeah. All right. Let's make more bold predictions for next year so we can use them to bludgeon ourselves. Okay. Uh, Todd Haynes is back. Are we going to get some, some Carol justice coming? The interesting thing about the Todd Haynes movie is that the seemingly lead performance is a 13-year-old deaf actress named Millicent Simmons. And if you want to throw a dart oh, at another, a board right another now. Another movie like that. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently the word is that uh, that the movie is sort of two halves and her half of the movie is a silent movie essentially. All of which seems like a great way to shine a spotlight on a new actress. And if I'm going to be throwing some money on somebody completely unheralded, that might be where I would go. That's an Amazon Studios movie, which, you know, had such a breakthrough this year with Manchester by the Sea. I feel like they've proven much more so than Netflix that they know how to release feature films that will get Oscar nominations. Yeah, so, and Julianne Moore and Michelle Williams. Julianne Moore too, and so Michelle Williams. Yeah, I'm incredibly the great Oaks Fegley from Pete's Dragon, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that we've talked about on this podcast yeah. for some reason. Do we know what Netflix has in next year's Oscar race? Anyone know off the top of their head? Because it does feel like Netflix. Didn't is, they buy like, Mudbound? Did they, they, okay, yeah. Did so, buy that's, so that's yeah. a good reason to talk about Mudbound because it feels like Netflix, after seeing Amazon, had their success with Manchester. Netflix also won an Oscar with White Helmets, but they did. They're really they're, good with documentaries because yeah. documentaries can get nominated and win just by streaming and we're being on television. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, so, well, right. OJ Made in America really shows yeah. you that. But I think Netflix is really going to be pushing hard to have their own spot in this. So if maybe Mary J. Blige can get a supporting actress nomination, I will be the happiest boy in the land. Yeah. Like, I think she's she supposedly can. very good, right? We saw it. Richard and I have yeah. seen it and we can yeah. discuss it. I think she could. She could. She's not a huge part is one, yeah. one issue. Um, uh-huh. The man who plays her husband is a bigger role. Uh, Rob Morgan. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and the acting is really strong in that film. Um, uh, Car- yeah. Carrie Mulligan is very good. Garrett Hedlund is is good. Jason I think Clark. it's a, a real breakthrough for Garrett Hedlund. Yeah. Yes. But I think mm-hmm. that at least from what I could glean from Sundance and the kind of chatter there was that this was much more about DREs than it was about the actors. Yeah. Uh, the writer and director well, DREs. And um, as we discussed last week, the fact that there hasn't yet to be a Black Best Director winner, I think that momentum yeah. is only going to start pushing. I think Dee Reese is an incredibly talented director. Yeah. She's a black woman. Like, there's a lot to... Mm-hmm. There's a good narrative behind her that if the movie really holds up, I think that could really push her into the race. Well, and this brings up something, too, which is that 2016 was such a good year for diverse Oscar nominees. Mm-hmm. The movie slate for 2017 already seems like it's thinner in terms of you know, just the movies out there that seem like they could be possibilities. So Mudbound, I think, is going to have a lot of light on it. But I think beyond that, just at a glance, there don't seem to be a ton of movies out there that could... I'm not saying we're going to end up with God. If we can imagine if we backslid into another oh, all white asking, slit. but like we but very well could, but yeah. but, but I well do could. think. But it's also worth noting that Hidden Figures wasn't on our radar last right. year. And Fences Moonlight had wasn't on our radar. Yeah. Fences wasn't on our radar. Yeah. So right, you know, it's, it's, there could be stuff. Yeah. What about this Catherine Bigelow movie, The Untitled Detroit Project? Yeah. That is definitely Which is such a, an elegant title. I love. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's yes. So uh, Catherine Bigelow and Mark Bull are doing a movie about the riots in Detroit in the 1960s. John Boyega is in it. Uh, John Krasinski's in it. I think Boyega is perhaps a lead and everybody else is sort of an ensemble. But again... Jason Mitchell is in it, I believe. Jason Mitchell. Jason Mitchell uh, was so good in Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Um, Mitchell was the best one in Straight Outta Compton. He was my favorite in that too. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of white people... And he's amazing in Mudbound. 
Yes, oh, yeah. He's also he's in Blood Blood Blood. Oh, gosh, of course. Yeah. Yes, He's right. also in yeah. Kong Skull Island, So that could Island, be a big year for him. Yeah. He is in Kong Skull Island, him and Gorby Hawkins. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of white people in this cast for a movie about the Detroit riots. It, uh, it makes me, you know, thinking emoji. I hope that pans out okay. Katie really is doing the thinking emoji <laughs> right now. <honestly>. It's actually <laughs> a lot. It's on at home. Yeah. John Krasinski, Caitlin Deaver, who was in Short Term 12. I love Caitlin Will Poulter. Deaver. Yeah. Uh, yeah so. It's a very good, Jack that Rainey. cast is, yes, a really good young actor cast that I feel like. Yeah. A bunch of people who are not household names, but maybe one or two of them could yeah. be after. Let's this just game. hope this isn't Bigelow's Stonewall. Let's oh, just boy. hope. Yeah. I think she's, I think she's, uh, I, mean, I, don't I don't think, think that, she's a better that she has a Stonewall in her, frankly. She has more restraint than yeah. Roland yeah. Emmerich. Yeah, Jack Rayner is so great in the yeah. It's one of the two big untitled movies this year that I'm looking forward to, the other one being the Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, Daniel is that going to be out? Movie. Do we feel like it's definitely going to be It's filming now, so who knows? Um, yeah. But Daniel Day-Lewis in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie feels like as good about of a... fashion. What's that? And about the London fashion scene. Like yeah. modern day London fashion scene? I think it's I the... I will show it I with my own hands. But I'm not <laughs> entirely Thank positive. you. I can leave now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically anytime Daniel Day-Lewis... Uh... Like write that in in pencil at the very least. Yeah. yeah. Is this the first movie he's made since Lincoln? Yes. Wow. Well, you know, he followed up There Will Be Blood with Nine, so... Uh-huh. You never when you know. Brett, you mentioned Short Term 12 and... Destin Cretton is yeah. back. With The Glass well. Castle, Glass yeah. Castle. Which I have Larson. not read, but I've heard very good things about that book. It seems like it could be, like, Brie Larson is the lead, seemingly the lead. I think it's like a, is it like a mother-daughter story? Yeah, I, f- I feel like it's a a book, f- for a friend of mine who had read the book said there's a lot to do with, like, flashbacks and, and that kind of thing. It's Brie Naomi, Larson and Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts plays her mom, center. and I believe Woody Harrelson plays mm-hmm. her dad. I think both of those could be supporting actor possibilities. There's uh, a lot of books to read. I don't, I'm trying to decide I if I what want to read them or not. Yeah. Sometimes it yeah. ruins my uh, enjoyment of a movie. To yeah, it can, it can go either way. Yes, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned it briefly in your in your post on Decider.com about the 2018 Oscars. A Naomi Watts supporting actress win would be so exciting. I mean, she's been so yeah. deserving of it for a long time. I I know. agree, and she's already what she's a two time nominee already. Yeah. Um, didn't get nominated for Mulholland Drive, even though she was probably the best actress of the year that year. It would be good. I would be very much in favor of that. Um, another person who already has an Oscar, but hell, you know, who cares? Well, actually, two other people is one Charlize Theron has her Jason Wright movie oh that and she was so good in Young Adult. So with well, and good it's, in Young Adult. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the, it's the gang from Young Adult back together because yeah. it's Diablo Cody doing the screenplay. And also Mackenzie Davis is the other actress in that movie. It's Charlize Theron and oh, Mackenzie Davis. Okay. Who, Mackenzie Davis is great. Mackenzie Davis is great. So um, yeah. I, I can also... It's called Tully, by the way, that movie. Say just one word about War Machine. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. uh, is coming out based on the operators by which Michael is Hastings. A Netflix that is a Netflix right? movie. It's yes. a Netflix movie. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out entirely. I think mm-hmm. it might it might play in as well. It was David Michaud, who's like a mm-hmm. really you know respected. Yeah. It's director. supposed to be a lot more of a comedy than it seems on paper. Yep, I would say that that's. And they've they've kind of removed it from the real story. They've changed the name of Brad Pitt's character, so it seems yeah. to be more fictionalized than maybe. Yeah, they we were fictionalized expecting. it. There's only a couple of characters. I mean, Obama and Hamid Karzai basically are the only like. <laughs> be weird if they were like a different black president. <laughs> ben, ben Kingsley's playing Hamid Karzai, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, Who plays Obama? Uh, just I think it's just they're just using Wise. like CGI basically. <laughs> Wise. Jordan Peele. Who was the other actor you oh, want to talk about? Uh, Fran McDormand. Yes. Three billboards outside of Ebbing. The Martin McDonough Missouri, movie. Nebraska. Oh, God, of course it's a Martin Missouri. McDonough title. I should have known. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love so what's, what's, what's that all about, Joe? What's so the... she plays the mother of a, of a murdered daughter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, could be a son, but I think it's a daughter who ends up taking out these billboards in her town to essentially shame the local sheriff into 
acting on this case. Yeah. And it's, I think Woody Harrelson plays the sheriff in that. So again, that's a couple movies now that Woody Harrelson could do a supporting actor nomination from. I think Martin McDonough, not always reliable. He's done In Bruges, which, you know, was great. And the I greatest film got, ever. Got Colin Farrell a Golden Globe. He also did Seven Psychopaths, which, which was not I my favorite. super underrated. Oh, really? Uh, I that's think interesting. It's a, I think it's a great movie. Oh, I didn't care for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm super looking forward to this. Anything that gives Francis McDormand a chance to have yeah. a lead performance yeah. these days. Yeah, it's terrific. It's so it. exciting. Yeah. Well, do we want to wrap this up by forcing everybody to predict what's going to win Best Picture just for the heck of it? Because oh God, really you just... could be right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Joe, can I make you start? Because you, uh, you've already gone through this more than the rest of us. I mean, gun to my head, which actually you can't see this, but Katie's holding it in my head. It's, <laughs> it's strange. She's still doing the thinking emoji <laughs> while and holding it. Gun it's, it's creepy. Um, the, the as yet untitled Detroit Project from Catherine mm. Bigelow. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, two best picture wins for. Catherine I know that's Bigelow, the that's seems. the thing that would hold me back from that. But why not, uh, Mike? What about you? Oh, I'll come back to me. I don't. All right, I'm just gonna pick Darkest Hour. Because I Darkest am rooting for Joe Wright, and I really want you, I like you and Pan, I are in this but, you know, together, Katie. This is uh, good. Yeah. yeah, it just I mean the whole King's Speech comparison. I mean, it would be weird for two movies about King George the Sixth to win Best Picture, but weirder things have happened. weirder things. Yeah. Okay, Richard, what about you? Uh, Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, sure. You know what? What the hell? Uh, Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Garth Davis has momentum. Yeah, Garth, he Garth certainly Davis does. Is clearly talented, and uh, <laughs> the walk, uh, Assange is coming. <laughs> the walk. <of> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say Ready Player One becomes the first sci-fi movie ever to win. I like Best that call. Picture. Why not? It's a bold call. I like that. Next week, when which Joanna's I can back, confirm, we'll, yes. we'll make Joanna go on the record with prediction next week, so we can all be out there together. Yes, and, uh, I and can't... we'll steal them and we'll put them in a safety deposit box. <laughs> we'll not touch them, <laughs> and then we'll hand the wrong envelope <laughs> yep. to someone to read them to us uh, when the time comes. Well, Joe, thank you for coming. You provide us a ton of information, even if we sit here and we'll eventually listen to all these predictions next year. And uh, we'll laugh. Pre- we'll have a good laugh we'll about it. We'll laugh. We'll laugh. Alicia <laughs> <laughs> Silverstone has her Oscar. And we're just, uh-huh. you know. God, perfect. <laughs> Can't wait. God, that'd be so great. Well, that does it for this week's episode. We'll be back next week. Joe will have back some other time. In the meantime, you can find us all at VanityFair.com. We're on Twitter at LittleGoldMen, where we still love hearing from you. I'm glad that you're all invested in things and in listening to us, even though the Oscars are over. You can find us on Twitter, Richard. Rylas. And Mike. Mike underscore Hogan. And Joe. Joe Reed. This episode was edited and produced by Alana Milner. And thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And this week's award for the opposite of what we'll feel when we look back at these predictions next year goes to Richard Lawson. Ba-boom! Flash of genius. That was my flash of genius. Know that fizzy feeling you get when you read something really good, watch the movie everyone's been talking about, or catch the show the internet can't get over? At the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, we chase that feeling five times a week. We talk about the buzziest movies, TV, music, books, and more. From lowbrow to highbrow to in-between, catch the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR.